Former swimmers looking for a way to give back to the sport in New York City? Reach out to Imagine Swimming. Since 2002, they've been the premier learn-to-swim school with international and American staff, including Olympic champions Anthony Irvin and Eric Vent. Imagine Swimming offers infant to adult classes, plus competitive team options, water polo, and an artistic swimming club coached by an Olympic silver medalist. With flagship locations across Manhattan and Brooklyn, Imagine is always looking for the next generation of swimmers to pass on their knowledge and passion for swimming. We individualize training in the pool, so why not individualize your nutrition? Erica Biney of Biney Wellness Building will help you and your swimmers get exactly what each athlete needs through genetic testing and personalized nutrition plans. So stop guessing what you should and shouldn't be putting into your body. Athletes within a few weeks have noticed they're recovering faster because they're fueling their body with what they need and staying away from what their body hates. Erica understands swimming. She gets it. She's worked with over 20 Olympians, including the fastest man in the world, Caleb Dressel. Group discounts are available, so go to Biney Wellness Building and get in touch with Erica today. That's Biney, B-E-I-N-E, wellnessbuilding.net. Hey guys, I've been trialing some revolutionary new swim tech and now you can get your hands on it too. This is EO Swim Better, a swimming evolution in the palm of your hands. Improve your technique with EO Swim Better. Analyze your stroke technique with EO's Swim Better handset. Go to eolab.com, use code BRETT at checkout and save 10%. Vasa has been the go-to training tool outside of the pool for over 30 years. Vasa's products are ideal for developing power and proper technique in your swimmer's catch. Add a few Vasa trainers to your pool deck and it's like adding an extra lane to your swimming pool. Go to vasatrainer.com, use code BREAD at checkout and get 10% off anything from Vasa. Tired of settling for less than the best with your team's dry land program? Swimstrong Dryland is the answer you've been looking for. With world-class dryland programming for every age group, customized to fit your team's needs, nutritional coaching and education centered on the latest evidence-based research, leadership training and character development to promote an athlete-driven culture, sports psychology education and mental skills training, coaches' corners to promote collaboration, data-driven performance analysis, and an unrivaled family of athletes, coaches, and teams, fast swimming starts here. Three, two, one. So we're coming live from the Salo Ranch. How you doing? It's actually Pace Ranch. Oh, it's Pace Ranch. Pace Ranch. It's named after my dog. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. How long have you had this place? Uh, bought it a year ago. Uh, right around when Nationals was going on in Irvine, I signed the deal and picked up the keys and moved in about a month later. It's beautiful, man. I wish I wish we could kind of get a, a full spectrum of what we've seen here, but uh, are we allowed to at least give the vicinity away? Yeah, 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 sure. Of course. <laughs> Where are we? This is uh, outside of the, the city proper of Ramona. Ramona. So I'm about six miles outside of Ramona, California, uh, kind of a suburb of San Diego, in San Diego County. So what was the idea behind this? Well, um, for a long time, I've been looking for a piece of land. I wanted a piece of land. I actually found a piece of land in 2018 after... Uh, uh, NC Toy Championships. I took a road trip to Colorado. I found a, a place on on the internet, mm -hmm. a 10-acre uh, house on Dolores River, 
drove out there, took a look at it, made an offer. They didn't accept my offer. Then I kind of put it on the back burner. But I've been looking at things like uh, Hawaii. been looking just some different pieces of property. And then I realized that if I – Hawaii, I go like once every four years for a training camp. So it's not somewhere I go regularly. So I thought, why am I going to buy something that I don't get to? Um, and so I started, I just kind of stumbled on San Diego County. Um, this area happens to have a lot of, uh, eight to 10 acre lots, uh, with houses out here that have been established. Um, kind of stumbled on this place on Zillow and came down to take a look at it. Got a great deal on the property, um, fully furnished. Uh, the, the couple that I bought it from are in their seventies. They had another property in Tennessee that they had already established. Um, so I, I basically literally bought everything. They just took their, their clothes with them. Wow. So in, in my, I have two garages, two two-car garages. One of my garages has a, a riding lawnmower because I've got two acres of, of uh, landscape that I have to, uh, well, I have to actually mow everything. So it's 10 acres of land. I have grass around the house that has to get mowed weekly. And then the property itself, you got to, you got to, I'm, I'm a, I'm now I'm a rancher. I got to keep down the, the shrubbery. I've got to, mm. it's, it's fire country out here. So yeah. you got to keep down the, the rest of the land. So I got to mow that down. Um, uh, probably every other month I got to mow, mow the other eight acres down. Is this uh, <clears throat> like, where are you in life then? Like, is this something that you've wanted for a while, but haven't been able to do it, but now as you're maybe, slowly transitioning out of swimming in a way it's life has allowed you to kind of do something that you've dreamed of doing uh, yeah there's this idea that i wanted land I, I ideally i'd like to have land on a river because okay. i love rivers because rivers are constantly changing and i think that that's kind of a cool thing is you get you see that the the seasons flow through and the rivers change they're low and they're high and they're frozen over and stuff like that and that's always intriguing me, but I just couldn't find that. So I found a place that's within two hours of my home in Orange County. Um, I can get here every weekend. Uh, my neighbors, who are, are far apart because we've got 10-acre lots, but they all know I'm here on the weekends. Uh, they know I'm a, a swimming coach. Uh, they kind of take care of my property when I'm not here. They kind of keep an eye on it. Mm. Uh, when I bought the house, uh, it came with a... Um, barn cat that's a 11 12 year old barn cat that uh comes out i drive up the driveway cat comes out um one of my neighbors feeds the cat when i'm away um so it's a perfect place for me to kind of come down i'm i'm here one and a half two days every week and it feels like i'm i'm in just a different planet it's just and i i love working the land so i built a uh, raised bed garden that i've been experimenting which have been great. I've just I, I planted everything from seed, transplanted them here into my garden, and just everything's taken off. Everything grows really well. So I be, I'm, I'm going to become as, as sufficient as I can. But it's I'm I, I'm still coaching. Yeah. Um, I have a, a group I call Pro Nova, which is mostly postgraduate swimmers. Um, a lot of international athletes that, that come out here and train. Some from my ISL team. That will come out here for not as much now because ISL is completely dissolved. But we would have kids come out for three weeks, four weeks, eight weeks, and then they'd go back home. Uh, I've got about eight more permanent athletes that train with me, mostly international kids. Um, and then I've got uh, kids who kind of drop in periodically. I got like like the the um, 
the gap year kids now. Yeah. They want a place to train. They want a, somewhere to train that's a little more mature uh, outside of their high school t- club teams. So they find their way here. They find their they, their way here to train with me here. Um, and then I get away on the weekends. I leave practice. I leave practice after Friday. I drive down here. It's about two hours away, and I just kind of veg on the land. The, the house is completely furnished. I bought it that way. Mm. Um, so I everything in the, everything in the kitchen's there. I don't have to do anything. I just had to bring my underwear and my socks, <laughs> and uh, and then I tend to the land, the landscape, and it's uh, really magical. It's not often as coaches, especially swim coaches, with the with the time and effort that goes into that, that we we get time to ourselves like this. Yeah. This is this is beautiful. Like yeah. this this could be a pull out of, of that world. But for you, it just seems like a, a reset almost. Like you, you get to do this on the weekends and then get back to, yeah. you know, doing your swimming. Yeah. But one of the things I always admired about you um, and didn't fully understand, but um, you, you always seem to be good with the business of swimming too. Like I, I think a lot of coaches have missed the boat on on some of that. You know, we, we go in and, and we're just swim coaches. You, you're always more than that to me. And, and I don't know the ins and outs of it, but the whole yeah. Nova situation um, and, and things that you did outside of just your general coaching duty, how, how did that all come about where you decided you wanted to also be a businessman? Well, I, th- I think I always looked at myself as visionary. I- even my coaching style is visionary. It's it's not your standard operating procedure. It's it's unique. It's different. Um, um, and I and I learned that way. I, it, most of us as coaches, we got into coaching, um, and, and we 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 were modeled our coaching philosophy by who coached us. Right. And I was modeled in my coaching philosophy by professors and who challenged my thinking about training and, and the whole concept that we, uh, we, we traditionally model uh, the swimming training as a, a distance base, aerobic base, build the base. And I had professors that challenged that thinking. And I had to, I had to be able, in an academic sense, to, to be... Um, I, had, I had to equate what I do to the science that backed it up. And I couldn't do that in a traditional sense. There was more science that led me towards the concept of race-based training mm-hmm. and not a distance-based training methodology. So I, I, I started coaching when I, my first coaching job was I was 19, 20 years of age. I was Downey Swim Club, a small little club in Los Angeles County. And I was a very traditionalist. It was, we're just going to crank out 10,000 yards per workout. And that was the traditional model. But then I had a professor, Joseph Mastropalo at Long Beach State, who said, what, what are you doing? Let's, let's go through the science. And mm. so most coaches coach by what they did as athletes. I coached based on what my professors taught me and challenged my thinking. So as I got... Uh, that's that's where that's where it all came from. the The business side of it came from. I'm a visionary, so I'm. I'm I, I'll say if if I can have the right people around me, I've got great vision. Mm-hmm. Um, I was when I got the job at Irvine in 1990. I was very reluctant to be a club coach. I was offered a job as an as, assistant professor back east in New York with my my professor was moving. He offered me that position at the same time Irvine Nova opened up. Mm. I thought I was done with club coaching because 
the when I left club coaching at, at Downey, it was just like I'm never going to do that again. That was just that was just rough and tough working with parents and all that, all mm. the political crap. But but um, what got me when I I wasn't offered the job first. Uh, Bob Gillett was offered the job, mm. uh, so they offered the job to Bob. I had interviewed for the position. They offered it to Bob. Bob turns it down after about a day or two. And they called me back for a second interview. And then I was pissed. It's like, I'm pissed. Now I'm competitive. <laughs> now I want this job because I'm good. Mm. Um, or I thought I was good. So I took it. I took the, When they, they invited me to the job, I took the job. I had a, a contract. I think I've told you this before. I was, when I took the job, I was making 8000 a year at uh, USC as a um, grad assistant. They were offering me $40,000 a year as a, a full-time head coach. Um, I was basically going to be leaving the science behind. I was finishing up my PhD, so I was, I was leaving that world behind to go into coaching. And uh, I told them I needed a signing bonus, and I needed a ten thousand dollars signing bonus. Mm. And I was my 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 idea was that they didn't know if that was right or wrong. They'd never had a full time coach. Yeah, was that a thing back then? No, for a signing no, bonus? no. I I was I was around a, <laughs> I was around USC in a college environment and college coaching environment. And you'd hear about college coaches getting signing bonuses, yeah. and I thought yeah, well, maybe I'm, if you're a baseball or football coach. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Well, I so I I threw it out there and. I was in need of a new car, and, and they said, okay, well, they, just, they said yes. And I was like, wow, that's cool. And uh, they gave me 5000 at the front end, and they said, if you're still with us in six months, we'll give you the other 5000 so, so that was about knowing your worth then, even back then. Um, I, I knew if given a chance, I, I could make this thing go. Right. I could make it work. Right. I could create an environment where we could develop – athletes um, I couldn't understand why people were not taking the job at Nova it was you it was a at the time it was a 50 meter by 25 yard pool and then there was a 30 meter pool adjacent to it it was a great city it was a growing city uh, when they when I got there it was about 150 200,000 now it's bloomed up to maybe 350 400,000 growing city upper middle class um, resources were there heart heart of swimming in Orange County California and I just thought, why wouldn't people, because some pretty good quality people were interviewed for the job, and I didn't understand why they weren't going to take this job. So it was offered to me. They said, take it, do it, do what you're going to do. And I said, it's going to be painful at times, but, but, but let me do it. So they let me do it. Um, I'm, it's, that was 1990. This is now 2023. Even at my time when I was going to USC, I went to the board at the time and I said, um, if you want, I'll stay on as general manager. Um, I'll work with the coaches. I'll do the hiring and dismissal of coaches. If wow. the discipline that we need to do, whatever needs, it comes up with parents and stuff, I'll be the, I'll be the dry side coach. Really? And, um, so there was they, never a time where that was too much? No, no. Well, the, no. No, um, I would like come down. I would come down once a week to meet with the coaching staff, and um, I think coaching at Nova, I had a great, I had, I had really good quality coaches that had been with me for a long time. Um, they knew I had their back on anything, um, so they were comfortable with me. They wanted me to lead. I think 
Um, Kim Hostry, who's my business manager for the team, she was a she was one of the a very unique parents who got involved with the team. She had kids on the team, and she got involved with the 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 administrative side of the team. and And she was one of those parents, unlike most parents, where when parents would complain to her about what was going on with the team, wet side, she would come bring it to me. I'd explain what was going on. She goes, okay, I'll let them know. And she never had a side. Her side was the team. Mm. So she's been with me since basically mid-1990s wow. when she came, got involved. And so we've got, a, we've, got a, we've got a working group of coaches. I've got several of my coaches have been with me since 1990. Wow. Two of my head age group coaches in particular, they're still with Adam me. Adam Carlson's still there? Who? Adam? Adam, Adam joined me. He, he was my first assistant at USC, so that was 2006. He joined Nova, probably around 2004. Mm. So he was there a couple of years. Then um, at some point I, we overlapped at Auburn. Uh, uh, yeah, I think he was a grad assistant. There yeah, 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 mm. yeah. So, um, so I just have a the infrastructure for the team is is just just really solid. So wow. they, they allowed me to stay on as general manager. And, and then when I, I was retired from USC, I, um, I obviously was coming back to Nova. Um, I think my head, my senior coach, I have, we have basically three, lo three, four locations and each has a senior coach. And I think they were worried about what I was going to do. Um, and I, I took on the role of, um, we'll create a kind of a pro program. Um, but I wasn't going to go out and recruit athletes. I would just there were some that wanted to join me from Trojan Swim Club. Mm. Um, so we created this Pro Nova group. It's during COVID. It was kind of the um, it was where college coaches came to train or college swimmers came to train during COVID because they could do all their classes online. Mm. Uh, so we had a lot of kids come train with us then. I've got uh, college kids who come home that will train with me. Uh, Post grads that train with me. Uh, and then I'm I'm kind of like the lead substitute coach. So when the coach gets comes mm. down with COVID or something, mm. I'm I'm the stand-in. Yeah. And I started this year uh, working a couple nights a week with my head age group coach uh, Rod Hansen, um, and just I'm there to back him up and and just give my suggestions. And and then I I um, I'm the assistant coach at Orange Coast College during the spring. Uh, so I'm really busy. Um, but in kind of an answer to your question, when I was general manager of Nova and head coach at USC, it, it's, Nova didn't take up so much of my time because I had, I had good infrastructure that didn't require me to be there every day. Did you ever need to or want to or, or did you take any type of management, business, you know, accounting? And did you, did you do anything like that? I think, I don't know where I learned this from. I, it was probably somebody who was, who was talking about getting better educated and and uh what coaches will tend to do is they'll, they'll go to the bookstore and they'll look up swim training workout books mm -hmm. and stuff like that right. i would look up books that were kind of business oriented okay. or psychological oriented or something outside of the swimming i knew the swimming mm -hmm. um i didn't need to learn more about that stuff i need to learn more about um kind of the business side right. yeah, right, yeah. So, Ma managing people is a big deal I remember yeah. when I first took over at Auburn, they're like, hey, you're the head coach. And real quickly, I learned I was the head manager. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I better, yeah. I better know some management. 
Um, and that that was something that I I, I could have, I should have, and wish I had have had some knowledge in before right. I was thrown into right. that position. You right. Know? Well, I'll tell you, the first class I took at Long Beach State, I transferred from Santa Rosa Junior College. Uh, so I came into Long Beach State. I swam that one year with John Urbanchek. Uh, I was, he, he needed bodies, so I was there. Um, but I had a class, I was majoring in physical education, and one of the, the first class I took, the professor talked to us about um, the, the, the most important person you need to learn if you go out in the world, if you're going to be a PE teacher or a coach or something, is you've you got to learn who, who holds all the keys, who has access to every mm-hmm. building. Mm-hmm. And learn how to interact with those people. Who who's running your pool? Who's the janitor? Who's find out who those people are. They're the people that you need to get to know and, and treat well. Yeah, yeah. And so that was kind of one of the lessons I learned early on was that you gotta you've you've gotta treat those people right. They're mm-hmm. they're the ones they they have every key to every door. Mm-hmm. They they mm-hmm. they'll make sure you're if you want you if you develop the right relationship and you want that pool at eighty one, your pool guy's gonna get it to eighty one. Right. If you treat him like crap, he's gonna keep it at seventy eight <laughs> yeah. and you're gonna be pissed. Yeah. So I, I learned that lesson early and I think that was an important lesson to learn. And I, I think that uh, my parents I think taught me things they, they weren't my dad would have been a coach. He'd been a football coach. Um um, when I was a kid, I was like five when he was coaching. He got out of it because he felt he needed to make more money uh, to take care of his family. So he got out of coaching. But I, I always say there's kind of a coaching gene in my family that, that I inherited from my dad. But my parents were hardworking, middle-class people, and I, I learned from them about, you know, you, you, you work hard, you work every day, you, you, and that's what you do if you want to get anywhere in life. And that, that's what I learned. And so... That's kind of how I approached all the things. You go back to, and I tell people all the time, it's like, I'm different from you and everybody, other, all, so many other coaches. I'm not married. I don't have kids. I don't have grandkids. I've got a dog only now after I've re- retired from USC. Um, and so I didn't have a lot of the distractions that most coaches have. I'm not Todd DeSorbo with three kids or Braden Holloway with four kids or, or Dave Durden with two kids or Marsh with two kids. I don't have that. I don't have a wife to take care of. I just take care of me. Was that ever part of the plan or, or were you always just married to swimming in some way where it was just like you were life? I don't know. I, I don't know your life story in that yeah. sense, but it was like... Why wasn't there, like, uh, the general, like, hey, you, you're married with children, like, every, you know, the coaches, that's the way they do it. You know, it. I, I, th- I think part of it was the academic side of me, that I, I, I was dating a girl, and she was going to go, we finished both at Long Beach State, she decides she's going to go to USC to get her PhD, and I think we've had this conversation before, that I was all, I picked the right crowd to hang out with. Because they were always way above my grade. They were mm-hmm. taking, in high school, they were taking physics and chemistry and all these courses. And I was like, oh, I'll take those two instead of metal shop or whatever. So basically, I guess the, the reason why I brought that up is like, <clears throat> do you have any regrets in life in regards to maybe a path that you could have gone down, but you went down that path? No, I, I, I don't. I think, and I, going back to the academic side, it's like, I, 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 don't, I don't think I'm that smart. I don't think I'm, I'm that great academically i had to work really hard so i i spent an inordinate amount of time studying I mean, when i was working on my phd i was working seven days a week 
Uh, I was an assistant with the team, uh, with the men's team, with Peter Dalen. But um, you know, it's 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 Peter would write the workouts. I'd say here's the workouts, and I'd do whatever you'd want me to do. But I was in the laboratory all the time, and so I'd be on the in the laboratory on the weekends. I was there Saturdays and Sundays. I was just so engaged in that, and I was coaching and and taking coursework and and writing papers, and so I was just so caught in that that all my friendships were just very kind of just surface trans relationships. They weren't deeper than that. And I just, that's my whole life's been that way. I don't regret any of it. I mean, I always tease the kids. It's like, it's all mine. Everything, all this is mine. Um, all the money in the bank, it's mine. I'm not getting divorced and spending half of it to my wife. <laughs> yeah. um, I, so I, it's, I laugh about it now, but I, I'm very, I'm, I, I've I've always been growing up. I was kind of a loner, kind of a guy. I was I was content on my own. I was content to read. And my brother used to get so mad at me because I wouldn't go out, and I didn't start going out and like partying and stuff until I got into college. And and then I was pretty pretty calm when you when you talk about in college partying. But um, that's when I got out and was exposed to more of that social interaction that way. But otherwise, I was just kind of a nerd. Yeah, so that's... You said something that was interesting earlier in terms of you had a professor who was very influential on you in terms of questioning the status quo of, you know, building aerobic base and things like that. I mean, you're you're talking... What, how long ago was that now? Like, uh, That was about 19... Uh, I graduated high school in 76. I went to Long Beach State in 78. 